Welcome to Storytime at the Rubus, a weekly podcast about the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. I'm your host, Sharla. And I'm Daniel. And we have two guests on for the whole episode this week. I guess you two get to fight over who goes first. <laughs> uh, I'm Evan. I'm back for uh, more action. I'm pitching for, uh, for Maddie because uh, he had a pipe burst over in his house. So hopefully we can get him back. Yeah, pour one out for Maddie when he does get that pipe fixed. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm you might know me online uh, on Reddit as uh, Cocaine Jesus, um, but you can also call me CJ. That's actually my middle, my first and middle initial is CJ and Cocaine Jesus is CJ. So it kind of works out well. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Caleb, I'm so happy that you came back three days after it was snorted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we were just talking a little bit before we started recording. And even though you guys are on two different parts of the eastern seaboard, you've both been to my house. Um, Evan, I think the next time you're in the Huntsville area, we have to get you over to the Orion Theater. We were talking about that last week with Corey and Brad from C3. But um, uh, Cocaine Jesus, Caleb, you've been there before. Even, oh, yeah. Yeah. You and I saw uh, my morning jacket over there about, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, September 22. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little <laughs> a little messed up at that show, but uh, <laughs> it was a great time still. Um, yeah. Orion is incredible. Like, honestly, it's it might be my favorite venue I've ever been to. And Really? Yeah. I, I, I love it. It's like the perfect. Like, it's not too big. You can be in the back row and still have a great view and the acoustics are great and it's just a great atmosphere. Um, and it's so easy in and out there. Um, like I've, I've tell all my friends, like you need to come my friends from Ohio, like they need to come down and, and see a show there. And I think they all think I'm exaggerating that it's a great venue, but I'm, I, I don't think I am. Now let's put that in perspective. Like what are some other well-known venues that you have been to? If that one's your favorite. Um, I mean, I've been to, you know, the Aragon in uh, Chicago. I've been to Red Rocks. Um, wow. I mean, I've been I've been all, all over. Like, I try to see shows wherever I can. But, um, yeah, like, those are the probably the most famous ones uh, that I've been to. But, yeah, it, that – I honestly – like, Red Rocks is a – it's a cooler view for sure. But I think overall experience, the Orion's better. Like – hitting the bathrooms, getting drinks. Everything is so much easier at the Orion. Uh, the view, like the, the Red Rocks holds, a, I think, a thousand more people than the Orion. But if you're halfway up the stands at uh, Red Rocks, you're no, you're still probably twice as far away from the stage as you are oh. in the last row at the Orion. Like it is. Say, that's a big deal for you to say that you like the Orion better than Red Rocks. That's wild. Have yeah. you me? You may have told me before, but have you been to the caverns just down the road? Oh yeah, yeah. The caverns, caverns is awesome. Like I, I would caverns inside the cave. Might that might be the only thing that beats it? But that only holds like a thousand people or twelve hundred yeah. people, and it's so hard to to get tickets to any good shows down there anymore because of that, because of how small it is. But well, the amphitheater outside holds way more. Obviously, like it was yeah. for pretty lights. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, the amphitheater there is cool. It's just like it's in the middle of nowhere. And I don't think like the concert experience is better than the Orion mm. there. Interesting. Evan, what would you say are a handful of your favorite venues? 
Well, it sounds like the Orion is similar to um, Forest Hills Stadium in Queens out here. Um, I've seen a couple pictures of Orion. Um, I'll probably guess that it's capacity-wise similar. Um, another one of my favorites is Brooklyn Bowl. I think we talked about that on a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are probably the first two that come to mind. Um, there's a lot of kind of like interchangeable like um, theaters in the city. And then I love a, just a good like amphitheater, like with lawn seating in the back for like summer shows. Um, there's a couple around here. We have PNC Bank Art Center. And then there's um, one up in near Woodstock that I've, I've never actually made it to. Um, oh, yeah. I actually, uh, uh, I think I know the one you're talking about. It's a little east of uh, Buffalo. Um, yeah, there's a handful. I, there's there's one that's like two hours away from me. Um, Where are you located? I'm in Jersey City. So. Oh, okay, Jersey City. Okay. And then, no, but there's, that's not that there's, one. There's probably a handful up there, too. So um, I forgot what they're all. They're all like bank named stuff. So they always change their names. <laughs> that's every in uh, couple of years. Bruce's neck of the woods up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the one that I'm really wanting to go to one of these days is the Hollywood Bowl out in LA oh, just because yeah. of how historic it is I don't know yeah. like the scene and the sound and everything there but I've seen so many cool moments what I would really love to see there is a live movie soundtrack there's this clip that I've seen when they showed E.T. and John Williams was scoring it live and you know, at the end, I mean, spoiler alert for a 30 or 40 year movie, when ET leaves, there's a rainbow that comes behind the spaceship. When they were playing that live, they lit up the backdrop to be a rainbow. And I'm like, cool. that's the most dope, wholesome thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. That sounds sounds awesome. When you said something about a movie soundtrack, I immediately thought of John Williams. Like Coachella had him play there a few years ago, I think. Really? Like they, yeah, they had him play a set. And I was like, that would be incredible for Bonnaroo to do. I know they've had I know Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. Hans Zimmer did. Yeah. Oh, it's Hans Zimmer. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. And uh they had Danny Elfman uh last year, the year before mm-hmm. that. I yeah, I wish Rue could do something like that, but imagine the logistics of getting a full orchestra out to the middle yeah. of Manchester, Tennessee. Um they had a full yeah. orchestra at Burning Man. Oh yeah, that is very true. We saw that. Yeah. That's a bunch of middle of the desert. Yeah. A bunch (laughs) of like yuppies with more money than sense though. (laughs) I don't know if you can do that with a bunch of looks, but I don't know. It's a really cool wish list thing. Maybe we can put that on the survey that they send out after Rue. Yeah, definitely a good idea. Well, Evan, we are going to jump to our Patreon things here in just a little bit, but do you want to give us any updates on that New York city event that we're going to do here in roughly a month? Yeah, so um, Daniel, you're going to be up in New York working at the Intrepid. Yeah. Um, he Daniel gave me the idea a couple months ago when he realized he was coming up here to put something together for the Totem Foundation. Um, I found one of my places that I, I go to a good amount. It's a really awesome Mexican restaurant that definitely has enough room to support us. Um, so it's called La Palapa. It's going to be February 18th from 3 to 6. Um, I think we're going to do just a small presentation and just hang out with uh, whatever concert going like-minded people are around. I've invited a bunch of our friends. Um, If you want to go, you can DM me or any of the Ruba slash Totem socials, and we can send you a link to an invite and go from there. 
Yeah, I think we have it pinned on uh, Totem FND on Twitter. There is a link to the invite that Evan amazingly set up for us. So you can go ahead and uh, prepay for some uh, drinks and food on there too, right? Yep. Yeah, so check that out if you are in the New York area. I know a friend of the show and uh, one of the hosts of another fantastic podcast that you should check out, The Fem Flock, Carrie Yates, and some of her crew is going to be there. I haven't seen her in a year and a half, so I'm looking forward to hanging out with her and hopefully the other hosts of that show as well. I think they just put out episode one this past week, uh, so please go check them out. They're awesome. So hopefully we'll get to hang out with them as well. And uh, Evan, you and Skylar are going to help me run this show, right? You bet. She's got to figure <laughs> out her way up here, but uh, we're we're going to figure it out. Oh, and, uh, give her a shout out. She's looking to move up to the area. She's looking for a place, right? Oh, yeah. We are actively looking for an apartment for her. So if you, you got anything. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to just turn this podcast into that. Like, uh, we need some New York City real estate. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, Evan. Yeah. And uh, find that at Totem FND on Twitter. You'll find the link to the EVOT thing that Evan has set up for us. Uh, again, tell us that date one more time, Evan. February 18th. It's a Sunday from three to six. Um, East Village at a restaurant called La Palapa. Awesome. Thank you, Evan. Hope to see you all out. All right, we're going to take a quick break so uh, future Daniel and Charla can thank our Patreons, and we will be right back with these guys to answer a bunch of rude questions. Hey, everyone. We'll be right back with Evan and Caleb, but for now, we're going to thank our Patreons. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash All of our Patreon donations go to support the Totem Foundation. The Totem Foundation is our new nonprofit that supports festival scholarships as well as a mentor-mentee program that we have set up. In the future, we hope to do an international program. And you can learn more about all of these endeavors at totemfnd.org. So let's go ahead and get to our Patreons. Amber, Andrea, JB, Sam, Austin, Madeline, James, Chelsea, a.k.a. Hygiene Queen, Ryan, Chris, Skyler, Dan, Ernst, Bill, Harris, Keith, Casey, Chloe, Dave, Amanda, Aaron, Nick, Maddie, McFerg, Kent, Randy, Greg, Eric and Ben, Evan, Jay, Chloe, and Sean. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Again, 100% of those donations go to support the Totem Foundation. And you can find more information at totemfnd.org. Please share that link if you know anyone who wants to go to Bonnaroo on a scholarship this year. We can really, really use your support of just getting that link out there and getting the word out there about our scholarship program that we're offering. Hey guys, it's Daniel jumping in here real quick before we go back to the regular episode with Caleb and Evan answering your questions. I saw there was some talk on the Bonnaroo Reddit today about our Wednesday event. By the way, some of you had some kind words about our shows that we've had with Cherub and Flip Turn and Repeat Repeat. Thank you so much. That means a lot to us. I just wanted to let you know we are going to have it this year, but we're going to scale it back just a little bit. There's no way that I could top having Cherub, but we're going to have something at the Group Plaza 
We haven't announced any details just yet, but we will here in just a few months, so stay tuned. All right, let's go back to Evan and Cocaine Jesus answering your questions. All right, everybody, we're back with Evan and CJ, our Caleb. He has many names. <laughs> our Cocaine Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Is there other names that we should know about? <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. Pretty much. Sorry, that guy I went to the My Morning Jacket show with one time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a good night. All right, let's jump into these questions. We posted a couple of things on Twitter and Reddit, and we got a lot of questions from people that have been just one time, or maybe they're coming for their first time at all. So we got these two guys to help us out. So let's start out, Charla. What's okay. the first one there? Jordan wants to know, can you explain how the pit line works? How do you get in line for the pit? Ooh, good one. I feel like this is a very important one, too. Yeah. You want uh, to take it? Okay. Yeah, I'll go. You go ahead. If you want. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, next to the stages, um, it's been the last two years, it's been to the right of uh, both the what and the which. It's only on those stages, not on the tents or at the other stage. Um, there's a line specifically for the pit in front of the stage. Um, every artist, they clear it out when they're over and uh, clear it out completely. And then they let in the line for the next artist. So the people right in front of the stage are always diehard fans. They're, they're people that are very excited for the band. So you don't get people camping in front of the main stage all day for the headline. If you want to camp and you want to get up close for the headliner, you get in line for the pit ahead of time. Um, lines for the headliners do form hours ahead of time sometimes. Um, some people, like uh, I know Daniel, has uh, waited all day for certain bands. Um, I've never done that, but like, it depends on the artist. I've never tried to for a headliner though. That's, that's the difference. Like uh, my morning jacket last year, me and my friends got in line about 45 minutes before they started. And we, we got into the pit at the, at the witch stage late night. So um, it's a pretty good system. Um, you do kind of have to ask sometimes if there's multiple lines formed of uh, which one's which, like, you know, this year with uh, let's say Saturday, it's probably going to be KG Elephant into Red Hot Chili Peppers on on Saturday night on the what stage. And so there's probably going to be a line for KG Elephant and then also a line for the Chili Peppers. So if you're trying to get into one or the other, like make sure you're in the right one. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Anything else I missed? Nope, I think you covered it there. I was just going to say, you just have to figure out which one's the right line. And yeah. on Saturday, if KG Elephant is going into Chili Peppers, a lot of people are those, or a lot of them are going to be dressed the same. So it's going to be hard <laughs> to tell the difference. Evan, <laughs> that makes me think of last year when it was very clear who was waiting for the Foo Fighters and who was waiting for Paramore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All the uh, the girls with the bleached hair with the bleached tips. Was <laughs> I mean, hey, they could have gone either way. We don't want to. <laughs> But still, you can walk into there and you can kind of tell without having to ask too many people like, oh, this is Foo Fighters and this is Paramore. Yeah. But that is one thing that I will say that I wish Rue would do a little bit better mm -hmm. is finding a way to manage multiple lines because it inevitably happens for like the headliner and the pre-headliner. I remember years ago, back in, I guess, 2019, there was a clash of two camps between Post Malone and Odessa, the people that were waiting in the pit for each one. Um I don't know what was in the air that night, but it got a little little sketchy. Usually you don't see that at Rue. Maybe it was the bees over there on that side. I don't know. 
but that's something that you do have to watch out for. And I'll add a little bit onto what uh, Caleb said. Sometimes you can walk in because you were talking about that, my morning jacket pit. Mm-hmm. I just showed up about 20 minutes after they started playing. And I don't know if you saw me in my stupid totem, but I just waltzed right in there, dude, for like five or six songs or something like that. It was no Yeah, yeah that like last year, some of the sets, it was easy to get. And even though it was a sold out year, like, there were some pits that you could walk into halfway through the set and they just were like, yeah, it's fine. As long as you can fit, like go on. But I don't know. 2022, pretty much any set you could get into the pit for because the crowd was so small. You know, I think, I suspect, and I could be wrong, but I suspect a lot of people, especially a lot of new Ruvians, don't understand that anyone can go into the pit. Yeah, it's not a VIP thing. Anybody can do it. I've seen that question asked a lot before and I, you know, I'll see people just not understanding they can go in there. So it's, it's not a VIP thing. It is open to everyone. One other thing we should probably clarify and and Caleb, forgive me if you did say this, there are only pits at what and which they don't have them. Yeah. They don't have them at the tents or anywhere else. Yeah. You did say that. Yeah. Um, Evan, let me ask you this. Like what's the longest you waited for, for a pit and have there been any that you just walked in for like I did with my morning jacket? Um, yeah, the foo last year was the most I ever even considered waiting for a pit. Um, a lot of, a lot of people don't know how it works. And a lot of people I think can easily settle in the middle of the field of which or what and say, this is a fine. So you do, it's, even though you're not waiting, you do have to really try hard to work your way up there and know where you're going. So it's still not the easiest thing in the world to even just getting up to that point because you're going to have to pop over people and yeah. that kind of thing. A lot of um, it come down to what the scene is once you get there. And that's just impossible yeah. to plan for. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, just going off of, I've gotten a lot, I've gotten really lucky with um, a couple years waltzing into some pits for chili peppers. Um, in 2016, there was like a rain delay for Pearl Jam. Oh yeah. It, it caused so much chaos that if you got back there in time, you you were able to get right in um i've yeah so food fires last year was the only day i ever designated kind of was a full pit day i think the longest Um, we ever waited was for youtube back in 2017 i got in line about like three o'clock or something like that still worth it loved it i was i was able to get into the pit for you too i think maybe was settling up right after the show right before that that was a wild night man all right charles let's hit up the next question here Okay, Harris wants to know, first time RVer here, what are the tips and tricks with RV camping? So I guess that'd be more of a question for us. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So prior to being in the group plaza, we had the Rubus and uh, before that, an old RV. And then an even older RV. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a trailer. But anyways, yes. Charlie and I have spent all of our years at Bonnaroo but one in RV or group. When we were in RV, I'll tell you this, you get a very large space. That's one thing that you are paying for. So you're probably going to get twice as much square footage as than you even At really least, need. Yeah. So you have kind of like a little front yard there where you can put up decorations and chairs and everything. Or an extra tent. Or an extra tent. We have done that. Um, one thing that I will tell you is the vibe in RV can be different. It's still a party, but it's not, not as much of a rowdy party. It it's really a, depends on your neighbors. Yeah. But it 
typically tends to be a little bit quieter in RV from my experience, well, our experience. Quiet is relative because there will be a lot of generators. Right, right. right. Well, um, quiet as far as parties. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of like a white noise. It never really has bothered me, to be honest. No. You will have probably a shorter walk. You, you know, if you show up early these days, you can be parked close to the arch, but you're kind of guaranteeing yourself at least somewhat of a shorter walk right. if you're in the RV area. Now that has changed a little bit because it goes way back there nowadays. Mm -hmm. And something I will say, and Rue may not like me saying this, I would not pay extra for the power. I would borrow a generator from somebody before you did that because it has gotten ridiculously expensive. Uh, oh, it's gotten very, very, very expensive from what it used to be. I don't think we we ever paid for that when we had an RV, but- uh, No, we did, we did. Uh, we never paid for the powered one. The powered one, yeah. yeah. you're right about that. Um, but yeah, it has gotten pretty excessive. So I would personally recommend that and beg borrow or not really still borrow a generator. Um, it is worth it for that. Um, you two, have you, have you visited anybody in RV? Would you have any suggestions about things to bring, what to do? Um, I've, I've, one of my good friends, uh, Jeff Sliv has been there for the past two years in RV. Um, I was just partying over there with them yeah, he does bachelor party there a couple of years <laughs> ago. um and, but i didn't really learn any lessons from that particularly but i would say if, if you're if you're not an rv owner in general i would familiarize yourself and do as much research as you can um there's a lot of logistics involved with it because you have to worry about your gray water your black water mm. um your power situation um and i think i've never have to deal with this part but I think that there's different trucks that come by every day that provide different services for the RVs. So I think you have to have cash on hand for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I would, I would, we've never. I would do, that. I would do as much research as possible, just seeing what um, services you are inevitably going to need while you're there for emptying tanks mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's a very, very, very good point. Yeah, See, we so. never, we never dealt with that because our first RV didn't even have a bathroom. And then the second one, I don't even think the plumbing worked because it, it was garbage. It's definitely not in the Rubus. And uh, the Rubus doesn't have a bathroom. So we never dealt with any of that. But if you are if you don't own the RV and you're not familiar with it, get familiar with one before yeah. you bring it to Bonnaroo. Yeah. One. If you're renting one, and a lot of people rent them from Bankston here in town in Huntsville because mm -hmm. it's just an hour away. Talk with the people before you right. leave. Like, hey, right. give me a tour. What do I need to know? What should I not do in this thing? Because they're going to tell you. And if you're going and you've never dealt with one of those things before, you don't want to show up to Rue clueless about it. Right, exactly. Uh, I actually know someone that took an RV to Bonnaroo and used up all their water on the very <laughs> first day taking showers because they just didn't they just didn't know how it worked and like their air conditioner mm -hmm. everything was just gone in the first day because they were just clueless about rvs so ask me about that story yeah. offline sometime yeah. that goes for anybody <laughs> but i mean I, gotta know about them how to yeah. use them so i will add uh the one thing if if you are new to rvs um like especially if you are bringing a generator, make sure you properly ventilate the generator. Yes, away from you. yours and other people's campsites because people have died at festivals from carbon monoxide poisoning from generators. Uh, I think in 2019 in Michigan there was a country music yeah. festival that in one RV, I think four or five guys all in this, they were all staying together. Went up, I think it was a bachelor party or something, and uh, staying in an RV and they all died in their sleep from carbon monoxide poisoning because mm -hmm. of their neighbor. I think it was their neighbor's uh, generator. 
weekend well, and get, basically going straight into their fresh air that's intake into the into their RV. So it was a few years ago at Bonnaroo. I remember like some EMTs <laughs> or something had to be yeah. pulled out from carbon monoxide. Yeah, uh, but that was actually one of the questions on Reddit. Something about uh, where to point the RV generator or something. So definitely point it away from your neighbors. Yeah. Uh, and if you do bring an RV generator. Usually what we would do is we would run it during the hottest parts of the day to cool everything down. And then we would, when we came back at night, we would run it then to get it real cool in the RV or the camper and just get everything cool. So that's the only time we would really run it. Um, So just point it away and don't point it toward any tents and you'll be okay. Yeah. If you've got an RV with like one built in, you don't really have to worry about that. But like if you're bringing your own, like, Look and see where the exhaust is going. You want it away from where anybody is going to be at. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gone over that ad nauseum, but it's so important because, like you mentioned, Caleb, I don't think, yeah, uh, get somebody killed if you're not careful. All right. Anything else on RV before we go to the next one? I think we kind of yeah. got that. All right. Next one, Charlotte. Okay. What are, oh, this is a good one. Bay wants to know what are your favorite hidden gems around the farm? I love this. This is a fun one. Yeah, I like this. Evan, you take this one first. I know you go all over the place. You know some good ones. Um, yeah, so this off the top of my head, um, I would check out, <clears throat> go to look at the campground schedules for every day. Um, this past year, they had um, like Devin Gilfillian and J.P. Sachs, which were larger names i would say playing in um in the pod two campgrounds just in the barn there um but i think Haley williams a couple years ago had um some events my friend christy got to meet her um so i would say pay attention to the campground events because when you start looking at that schedule it can look overwhelming but if you if you pay a lot of attention to who's around and what's available you can you can find some hidden gems in there i think Caleb, how about you? Um, so the two that came to mind for me is uh, it's not but neither one would I necessarily call like a true hidden gem. They're both well known, but just uh, I I recommend them to everyone. Um, well, the one I I would maybe classify it as a hidden gem is uh, where in the woods, but during the day, like when they don't have music going on, is a great yeah. place to go chill out in the shade. Like find a hammock because they do put up some hammocks. Or bring your own, put it up between two trees, and like it's a great way to take a late morning or early afternoon nap. Um, me and my friends have done that a lot, especially in 22 when it was like scorching hot. On Wednesday and Thursday, we pretty much spent all afternoon there, and it was great. It was fantastic, like so relaxing. Um, the other one is uh, at the, the House of Yes on Wednesday and Thursday night every year. They hold. They host uh, what they call, I think it's called the Dirty Circus. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Like, uh, I don't think enough people know about it, even though it, it is always packed. Like, if you go, try to go early and uh, get a good spot to see because the the barn overflows with people. Um, and uh, But, yeah, it's basically like a drag variety show for, for an hour or two hours. They uh, have all these different performers, all these different people from the LGBT community that um come in and they there's all sorts of different acts some sometimes they pull people from the crowd to participate um it's wild like you'll see all sorts of things really really impressive like they're extremely talented performers and uh it's a good time me and my friends we have gone each of the last two years on wednesday night and like 
I think that's going to be our plan every Wednesday going forward is go and try to catch that. Cause it's, it's just such a good time. Man, we love that place so much. It's not too bad a walk from the group area. Maybe about what, Evan, about 15 minute walk away. So or, la- or less. Yeah. Yeah. We're up there quite a bit. I mean, you can go up there any hour and find something crazy to do, but that's a good call too, Caleb. Any others you can think of? I'll say um, some hidden gems are just hidden. And uh, now that we have Tuesday and Wednesday to walk around all we want that you can find and stumble upon different groups and just meet some new friends. And there's there's plenty to do even before the scheduling starts. So you could find your own hidden gem. One that I wanted to point out was kind of sort of new last year. There's this uh, spot called the Rest Stop. So it's kind of like a short walk away from wearing the woods at uh, Plaza 2. And full transparency, I had to look up the map because I can never remember Plaza names. But And I'm also a little biased because they put NASA stuff over there. But it was this cool place that it seemed that they had just carved out kind of in the woods over there where they had like yoga and uh, places where you could like actually learn about stuff. I really like that they lean into that kind of thing more so these days. That's probably my top hidden gem from last year because I had never been over in that area. I was area. actually going to say that. You were going to say the same thing? <laughs> yes, because it was so cool. And we just kind of stumbled upon it. And it was, uh, they had a little portion of it over there that was sort of like a uh, new grove area yeah. over there. But it was really, really deep hidden over there in a shaded wooded area. And I had never thought before. So I know it had to be new. And there was literally like almost, well, there was almost no one over there. And it was just really, really cool, like chill out spot over there. One other thing that I wanted to point out that I'm not sure that a lot of people know about. So put on your uh, memory hats for this one. because You know, when you come in that gate on Bushy Branch Road, there's kind of like a barn. Uh, there's a silo next to it, mm-hmm. kind of behind that cell phone tower. If you were able to sneak a peek inside that barn, it is a Bonnaroo graveyard in there. Mm-hmm. If they haven't burned all this stuff in a giant brush pile, you can see like the old bobbleheads. Uh, the mailbox. I think the, the mailbox. The mailbox. Um, they store things in the off season. I think last I knew, Mr. T was in there. We talked about this on the last episode when we interviewed those guys. They were thinking about doing a room museum. But if you want to see things that are probably going to get thrown out that have a little bit of Bonnaroo history to them, um, just sneak a peek or uh, walk back there one night and you'll see some weird stuff, man. Um, if you're new, you won't know what any of that stuff is. But if you've been going for many times. Well, uh, I think it's in a gated area. I is it? You can go back there. You kind of sort of see. <laughs> you can see it if you, yeah. look, if you peek your head out the window, but, the car window. One of my hidden gems I don't think a lot of people know about. All right, any others that you guys would point out before we move on? That's all I got, I think. Yeah, none that I can think of right now. All right, how about this next one, Charles? These are from Reddit. Okay, so I see this question all the time on Reddit, and I don't think there's a good answer for it, but I'm going to read it. We'll try. Well, there's not a perfect answer for it, so let me let me say that. All right, has anyone gotten away with a Class B, like like a Sprinter van, in the primitive car camping area. They say that they don't need electric or water hookups. They just ne- want to be next to their friends. Um, you guys want to take a whack at this one? I think I have an answer for I it. I have an answer, but. Um, I've uh, In 2019, I had someone camp next to me, actually, with almost that exact vehicle, I think. So it might be at the discretion of who's letting you in. 
So that's probably, I wouldn't bet on it. And I might want to have an extra $700 left over for an RV pass <laughs> at the gate if you need one. But um, I think if you're uh, kind enough, they'll probably let you in with it. Uh, don't quote me on that, but. No, that's kind of what I'm going to say. Yeah. Caleb, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen people get camper vans in there, but like if it's actually a class B, then sometimes like, I know I saw, I think it was a Bonnaroo email response last year to someone that they shared on, on Reddit um, that said, Bonnaroo basically said like, if you have like a gray water tank, if you're, if you have, you know, bathroom facilities in in your camper van, then it's an RV. And then like, if they find that, like they can't allow you to go into regular camping because I think they've had problems with people dumping gray water in the past oh, and stuff and geez That's yeah so okay i'm gonna try to look for that then on reddit okay yeah I, okay That's I, I think it was a comment on a thread so it would it would be probably hard to find but i i remember reading something about that so well i mean basically my answer was going to be pretty much the same as you know both of both of yours because you know i see or we see that question so often and it's basically the discretion of the person letting you in. I mean, essentially. Yeah. Um, I'll add on top of that, that come in with a very Bonnaroo positive attitude, maybe have some little trinkets or gifts that you give your volunteer that will probably go a long way. And that goes for any situation, whether it's one of these like small vans, or if you've got somebody that is tagging along with you in a vehicle behind you, like there's a lot of different scenarios in which you need to just, charm your way into something come in with a smile joke around give them some gifts that'll probably yeah. make a volunteer a little bit more inclined to help you out with something that kind of bends the rules a little bit i mean uh you know we've we've seen them in and um in primitive in ga before in you know regular ga camping but you know now based on what what caleb said that that he read that's a good point probably probably not you know technically no but then again you mm. might get there and be able, you know, so I don't want to say yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we don't have a good answer for that. That's not a good answer. Yeah. Nobody ever will. It's going to be kind of luck of the draw, but come mm. in, be positive. Your chances will be pretty good. I feel like um, there's a number of questions on Reddit about daily entry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that. So can you guys explain a little bit the new daily entry system that has come into play the past couple of years and how it affects a couple of the different tiers? Um, the daily entry system for uh, GA, like GA camping? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, you get a pass where you pick each day. So the options are like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and beyond now. And then that helps Bonnaroo know which days people are coming so they can accommodate us properly. And so they, I think they can accommodate the traffic properly as well. Um, so stick to your day. I think they're very lenient if you email them beforehand, if you need to come on Wednesday and you have Tuesday pass or vice versa or whatever, just send them an email. It will eventually get it worked out. Um, I think with the tiering process that's new this year, you're going to want to buy your pass as early as possible because you will just purely save money based on that. Um, so... I'll say if you just do a thorough job reading up on it, I don't think it's terribly complicated. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to follow the directions that they give you. 
Yeah, um, the only thing I would add is uh, just for anyone that's unfamiliar, um, they do with GA camping, they fill from the arch outwards. So if you come earlier in the week on Tuesday, you're going to get uh, be a lot closer than if you come Thursday or later. Um, Wednesday, you're going to be in somewhere in the middle. Like uh, me and my group, we've the last two years, we've come in on Tuesday afternoon. And uh, this past year, we were maybe a five minute walk from the arch and uh, like a two minute walk from Plaza three. Um, it was really, really nice. We loved our camping spot. Like it was kind of perfect. Like we were close enough to Santa Rue, but not like right outside the gate where you get all the high traffic areas. Um, and then I've talked to people who have come on Thursday who have been, you know, a 35, 40 minute walk out to what we call uh, BFE. Yeah. And uh, that could uh, wear you out. Like, um, I, I'm always a big advocate for coming as early as possible. You get more time on the farm, yeah. more time to explore the campgrounds. Uh, like Evan mentioned earlier, like going around on the campgrounds on Tuesday, finding your own hidden gems. Like, you can get that all out of the way. And then when Centeru opens on Thursday, you can spend you can spend all your time in Centeru and not feel like you missed out on anything in the campgrounds. Yeah, totally agree. And the other big reason, like you mentioned, like not only you're going to get more time to fool around in the campgrounds, meet new friends and stuff like that. But if you haven't been, I can't stress this enough. It can be a long ass walk from the other side of Bushy Branch. If you come in as late as like even Wednesday afternoon, sometimes if it's a full year, um, it will wear you out and you will have less energy to root. Honestly, you won't be able to stay up as late. You're going to get tired. It can just make for a rough time. So more days at Rue sounds like it could be more exhausting, but honestly, you're going to be chilling at your campsite a lot of those days with new friends and going to plazas and coming to see us at the group plaza and stuff like this. Yeah. The further you yeah. are away also, the more you have to, you can't shuttle yourself back and forth as much. So yeah. when I've been far away, you have to basically pick a time that you're going to go in and you're going to be into center until your last show. Um, if you're closer, you have the luxury of popping in and out a lot more, and that changes your dynamic significantly. Evan, you yes. just you think of a question. Um, I didn't see this in our list, but it's been a question I've had over the years, and I've seen other people talk about this. When, if ever, does Sinru actually close? Um, so once it opens on Thursday yeah. at noon, it closes when the headliner ends on Sunday. That's I think the website in their help section even says that about Santa Rue hours. Like they close off part of they close off the the main portion of the what yeah, stage field what after the headliners each night and then reopen them at like noon each day. But um the rest of Santa Rue is completely open. The other technical answer is if there is lightning or high winds. <laughs> yes. Very I've good. Talked point. To the guys that run Rue and They've had this like running joke and bet that technically it is possible for somebody to just enter Sinru on Thursday and stay the entire time until Sunday night. Maybe they can just look like they're napping under a tree or something. They don't know if anybody has ever actually done it, but they want to know. I don't think anybody know, would be in trouble. They would just have their utmost respect for it. I've seen some people mention like I don't know if they had done it or I know I've seen people mention trying it like Last year with the uh, one day tickets, there, I saw <laughs> I saw some people talking about online like 
So what's going to stop me from just buying a Thursday pass and then getting in and just staying there? And that I do know that like sometimes cool. in the mornings, if people are sleeping around in Santa Rue, like someone's laying under a tree sleeping, I know that uh, security and stuff will like check on them and make a move if they think that they're just like camping there. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I'm sure there's a walk who's done it before. Like, it's it's gotta have it has to have happened. I want to know. I want to meet him. All right, guys. I think we got two more here. Um, Charlie, you want to ask about this? Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. What's the deal with commerce slash barter slash trading in Outer Route? So the the thing that this made me think of was Shakedown Street on Bushy oh. Branch. Um, I think people get away with a little bit more there, but there's always people trying to do their like side hustle out in the camps. Have you guys seen this? Like, what have been your thoughts on this? You go ahead, Caleb. Um, so uh I definitely definitely see it every year in GA camping like uh I, our group has had probably two to four people come by trying to sell stuff whether it be uh you know Bud Light or uh, <laughs> or, or t-shirts like you know uh just fake t-shirts that they made that are Bonnaroo themed um uh I've seen Pasminas. um yeah I've seen like all sorts of things um tapestries trying to be sold like yeah people will just walk around with backpacks full of stuff um i do know that if if you are caught by any event staff or security like there's no i don't think there's any like leeway at all it's like oh you're selling stuff okay come with us they'll escort you off the grounds and they'll cut off your wristband and that'll be it but uh yeah i know like if you're not, if you're not an official vendor you don't pay the fees you're not allowed to do that so mm -hmm. Evan, you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, that I don't have really much to add to that. <laughs> I will say in my experience, I've noticed that if people are just doing like little doodads or something like that, or just something on the side, not make it obvious, nobody cares. It's when you're doing stuff in bulk that it becomes a problem. What, what, yeah. about you, what have you said? Well, I thought the question was asking about like trading candy. And stuff oh, that? And no, wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone does that. Everybody does that. Yeah. Look, I, I'll give everybody a tip. Bring a lot of something, just little things. So again, I'll shout out our buddy Mitchell in Atlanta that does this. He does this cool thing where he buys like in bulk um, Pokemon Slowpoke cards. So if somebody doesn't get his joke, he gives them one of those. And he brings those little Lego shovels. So he'd be like, hey, man, I dig you. And he gives those out. Um, mine has been, I get like those little army men, but they're astronauts. And I'll give it to somebody I found on Amazon where you can buy like a whole bin of them. Uh, 100 pieces for 20 bucks so i would definitely recommend that i think that's one of the coolest things you can do the at gifting, root yeah. the little gifting just little little trinkets it doesn't necessarily have to be like the candy bracelets do something that's unique to you you know yeah have me and my group me and my group every year we uh, make custom silicone wristbands that have a different bonnaroo related phrase to it yeah and uh, we give those out we usually bring uh, at least 300 of them to just give away as gifts and trade with people. It's always fun to empty your pockets every morning and see what you came up with. <laughs> yeah, you empty your pockets in the morning. Like, what the hell is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a month from? ago, a month ago when I went back to Ohio for uh, Christmas and I used a bag that I hadn't used since Bonnaroo and I opened up a zipper and found a couple things I forgot <laughs> about. So one of my favorites is uh, last year, JB, our buddy in our group camp who's been on the podcast a number of times, he made a lot of little candy wristbands for very, very specific occasions. 
Um, he made one about the bees on that side of the stage. There was a lot. I don't want to steal his thunder. I'll just let him yeah. tell about it sometime. He's already planning out some for this year. He doesn't make them for like, oh, like red hot chili peppers or whatever. He makes it for silly things that will happen. And he just produces it when it happens. And you're just like, that's the most amazing thing. He's very clever about it. All right. Got one more question for you guys. Uh, this is a common thing that came up on the main Reddit FAQ. There's a lot of people that are on the fence about buying tickets right now. Maybe they don't know about their plans. Maybe they don't know about their budget. And they were asking about buying it secondhand from something like StubHub or SeatGeek like a week or so before we actually go to the farm. So I wondered if either of you had any I know you don't necessarily have experience with that, but would you have any advice about that? Um, I would say you should, um, every year is different, so it's hard to give you particular advice. If it sells out early, it's, I would say that's generally a sign that there's going to be a lot less um, secondhand ticket availability for at least a discounted price. Um, if there's uh, a lower turnout year, like 2022, for example, there was you could get a lot of stuff for below face value leading up to the festival. Um, so I would say just keep your eyes on the market and see kind of what's available. And you can probably extrapolate what's going to be available going on to the festival. I think if in general, if you budget $300 for a ticket, you could probably find one somewhere. Um, and then the sooner the better, because um you have to account for shipping and all that if you're not buying something locally. Yeah. If it gets within a month, I would not do anything like that, like a secondhand ticket because there's a chance you won't get it. That would suck. <laughs> Caleb, how about you? You got any advice on yeah. that? Situation? Yeah. I've, so for a festival, I've never bought one from like a third party website. I've used the uh, like Ticketmaster official exchange for uh shaky knees in 2022. Um, and that was convenient because I just went to the, I bought it literally the day I, I was going and I was able to just go up to the box office and pick up my wristband because it was official. Um, third party, like, like you said, like it is, uh, you got to account for shipping and you're relying on some random person to do it. I've, yeah. I bought tickets for just regular concerts off of third party websites and then had them never actually send them to me. Um, and that's always a pain because then I have to, I had to call like StubHub and uh, be on the phone with them for a while until they got it fixed and got someone else to send me their tickets, basically. Um, but yeah, like uh, you're definitely taking some risks there. Um, I will say uh, so many people every single year, it's more and more try to avoid all the fees from those third party sites and from the official resale sites and buy directly from someone on Reddit or on Twitter or Facebook or Craigslist. And yeah, so many people get scammed. I would yeah. say probably at least 95% of the posts you see online are going to be scammers. Like it's, it's a major, major problem. Um, so if you're going to go that route, only, only do it if they use PayPal goods and services. Um, and scammers will tell you like, Oh, uh, my account, like it won't let me in right now for some reason. They'll do, they'll use any excuse they can. They'll be like, Oh, well, you send me uh, part of the money and then I'll send you, I'll mail you the wristband and then you're just never going to hear from them again. Like if they can get $20 off of you, they will. So just avoid that as much as possible. Something else I would, I would say just spending an extra 50 bucks might be worth the peace of mind. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Plus, you'll get the extra goodies that they send out probably too. Yeah. You get it direct. Something else that I'll point out, if somebody absolutely has to go that route, if you want to try to save money and get it from a third-party site, is look up cash or trade instead of like those other spots because that is usually way more reliable. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard a story at all of anybody getting scammed on cash or trade. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, they have their verified payment system. Like uh, the person selling doesn't get it until it's confirmed that it's real. So yeah. that's kind of it pro pro provides protection to both parties, basically. Um, uh, with the Bonnaroo official exchange, though, the Ticketmaster one, I will say you don't get the extra goodies on that. Um, so like I've known, I've known people that have bought from there to spend less on the tickets and then been very bummed out when they didn't get the extra stuff that everyone else does. So yeah. just be aware and of that. We should fill that in for everybody because we'll have a lot of first timers listening to this. So if you haven't seen it already, you don't only get your wristband and the extra little cars that tell you to go to the website or whatever. Every year Bonnaroo sends like little toys along with the wristband. Sometimes it's something as amazing as a lunchbox Sometimes it's not as good, but at least it's kind of cool. Um, we have no idea what it will be this year. We never really know until people start getting them and pictures mm -hmm. get posted. Um, that will probably go out, uh, what, like April, May, something like that, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, usually the first or second week of May. Yeah. I do have a funny story about that. Tell us. Uh-oh, Evan's oh. getting something. In 2015, they sent it in cereal boxes. Yeah, yeah. I had, yeah. My... Friend's mom was cleaning out his bedroom and it looked like garbage. And they threw out the whole. Oh, <laughs> so it just looks oh. like garbage. So, um, so we drove down, you know, 15 hours not knowing whether or not <laughs> he had a wristband or not. So he had to go to Will Call. It ended up working out nicely, but it just yeah, looked that's, like. <laughs> what was your that's favorite? That's the other thing about buying uh, direct, like either through the official exchange or directly from Bronnaroo, is if. Your wristband has a problem, then you can get it replaced. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Go to the box office and they'll replace it. If you buy from StubHub and then two days in, your wristband stops working because the chip gets messed up somehow. Uh, they're you're gonna go to the box office and they're gonna be like, "What's your order number?" Like, and <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, man. It's, yep. I think all if you register your wristbands, though, you still might get protection from that. Yeah, that's true. So I would the second you get your wristband, register it. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. So do y'all have any other tips that you would give either a first timer or someone who just Maybe. needs tips in general? I Maybe guess. they're coming for their second one and they didn't experience everything last year. I'll say um, every year as we go, there's more and more resources available. Um so there's there's InfoRu has some um some good like packing lists and stuff like that. I, I'm sure there's a lot accumulating on Reddit. Um, there's definitely multiple like what podcast episodes about do's and don'ts. Um, so you can go in the back catalog of podcasts of probably you guys and, and what podcasts and you get a lot of tips out of that. I think the hands um, have done a couple like that too. Sure. Yeah. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of literature and a lot of material to be properly prepared. Yeah, so if you start early, you'll uh, you can go in as a knowledgeable Bonnarubian. Some old stuff that I would look up to that still applies today is the old uh, Bonnaroo Chris packing list. 
that is an evergreen thing that has applied to 20 years worth of root. But uh, Caleb, any tips from you? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, like he said, uh, with the online guides, like uh, on the Bonnaroo subreddit, Charlotte put together a, a great um, oh, yeah. subreddit wiki that has tons of information. If you're new, read through that whole thing. Like, it'll take you 25 minutes and it will be worth it. Like, lots of lots of good tips and FAQs answered in there, too. So. Mm-hmm. And I know that Bonner itself is working on a number of like videos that will help out. They have this kind of sort of wiki that is on a support site that has a lot. Um, but I mean, I'll be honest, some of it's a little outdated. I know Corey and his crew are working on getting to it, uh, but that should be updated as we get closer with things like maps and details specific mm-hmm. to this year. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of stuff out there and Charlotte has done a wonderful job organizing a lot of it on the subreddit right mm-hmm. yeah if we could just get people to read it <laughs> <laughs> well that's another thing what's the saying you could lead a horse to water but yeah <laughs> it's it's funny that and i'm not trying to poke too much fun oh, at anybody no. but you see the same questions pop up like almost at the same points in time every year but it's fine because we were all first timers once we were all new, oh yeah absolutely and so we all need a yeah place. Answer. I will say it's funny how there is like a cycle for all these things. You're going to get questions now about buying a ticket, questions like we went over today about like RVs or Sprinter vans or whatever. And then like a couple of weeks out from the actual festival, that's when you start getting questions from like the uh, upside down pineapple people and stuff like that <laughs> pop up on the Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, a week out. You'll, I need a ride. Yeah. From or, uh, no, you'll, or like, how's the police presence? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's always one that says, like, I need a miracle. I, I'm in California and I need a ride. <laughs> yeah. Is my favorite band going to be added to the lineup? Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're going through a lot of that right now with, uh, until the where in the woods lineup comes out, it's just every day there's six to ten different posts. Like, is this person going to be there? It's like we don't know, and no, no, that headliner level act is not going to be at where in the woods. Like, you have to have at least ten years of Bonner experience to know where the Daft Punk set is going to be, and no, we're not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to be opening for uh, Cherub. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was me when my first Bonnaroo. Yeah. Well, I did it. Well, guys, I think we got a lot in tonight. There is no way that we can get absolutely everything. So maybe we'll do another one of these as we get closer to June. Um, me and Charlotte can't thank you enough for showing up tonight, especially Evan, thank who you. pinched hit. You you pinched hit with like five minutes notice. So <laughs> we're, we're all hoping that Maddie gets his pipe fixed at his house in Atlanta. Um, anything at all that you guys want to plug before we sign off for tonight? Totem event, New York City. <laughs> yeah, please come hang with me and Evan and Skyler and everybody up in New York uh, next month. Again, check Totem FND on Twitter, and you can find the sign-up link. Going to be a good time. What do you recommend getting at this place, Evan? What they what they got that's good? Um, we're going to get some pictures of Sangria. I go there. I got quesadillas all the time. They have, like, different marinations of meats, carne asada, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, chips and salsa. They're going to have, like, a little, like – uh, allocated menu for us so that's going to be included so um and yeah and then maybe we could do something else afterwards and we're, Please, we're i was going to ask i rarely if ever get to come to nyc evan so you yeah. got to come show me around we got to do something good yeah i'm sure we can 
Well, Caleb, if you don't have anything to plug for yourself, do you want to like plug your favorite uh, local Huntsville restaurant? All of them could use the business after uh, a week under the ice. Um, sure. Uh, my my I mean, my go to me and my whole group of main friends down here. Um, we uh, our regular hang is at uh, the Poppy in the Parliament downtown. We uh, yeah. pretty much go there and uh, we go to the bar, have drinks. Like we know all the staff; they're great. They're very fun people, and uh, I mean, their food is awesome. They make everything in the house. Um, but it's a uh, it's a great place. So highly recommend it if you haven't tried it. Kind of like an English pub. Yeah. I love a good British pub. Hey, let's meet you meet over there sometime soon. I'm about to be all over the place traveling, but let's find a weekend. Yeah, definitely. I'm down whenever. So, Well, guys, thanks again for hanging with us and helping us answer all these questions tonight. Anything else from you, Charles? No, I was going to tell them. Thank y'all. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, Again, um, I'm going to mention to everybody, please go to totemfnd.org to please sign up as a mentor if you're interested and haven't already. And if you know of anybody that would qualify for our two scholarships that were given away, uh, please have them sign up for that as well. There's a bit of an essay question at the end. We wanted to go to somebody who is in an underprivileged situation that really wants to give something to the community, who wants to run an event or whatever it may be. It's probably something we're not even thinking about. So send them to totemfnd.org to apply for that. And uh, everybody, if there's nothing else, I think that's it for the night. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Get out there and radiate positivity. Thanks for having us.